On this episode of Movies Room My Life, we talk about Edgar Wright's new film, Baby Driver. Okay, so that's Paula. Hi. And I'm Brandon. <laughs> always with the like super lackluster. <laughs> Hellos, always. Okay. Um, and just a quick talk on Baby Driver, which we just saw. Mm-hmm. Is it all right just to start off? It's going to be a synopsis episode, so can we just jump right into it? Obviously, spoiler warning goes up right off the jump. If you're planning on seeing this flick, which you should, I think we both recommend, yes. Mm-hmm. Um then go see it then come back and join us cool i liked it i thought it was pretty cool it Mm -hmm. was um it was really intense like there were parts that were really intense and emotionally almost emotionally draining but then there were the happy parts that were very colorful and bright and almost dreamy yeah very dreamy yeah that sort of balanced it out because the content is indeed really really dark Mm -hmm. right the first thing that i noticed and i I tried not to lean over and say anything to you. I, I was going to, and then I decided not to. Save it for the podcast. We mm. do a podcast. Did you know we do a podcast? No. Is, what, is that what this thing is? <laughs> um, I love the intimacy in the driving sequences. Just that camera right in everyone's face, in the car, commingling with the sh- Like the editing is mm. just... You I was never lost, say the editing was really good. Uh, the, where the driving sequence was also, mm-hmm. which... There's no talking during, and when you mentioned that they cut to everyone's faces, it's mm-hmm. it's very realistic because mm-hmm. they just they're looking around, they look freaked scared, out, yeah. yeah, they're scared, they don't know what the hell's happening, they're hanging on for dear life, kind of thing. Um, you know, he even baby doesn't know exactly what's coming next, and that that was kind of cool because it's not super smooth. He's not like, yeah, I know what I'm doing. You know, he's just like oh shit kind of thing he does mess up a few times and then mm-hmm. he fixes the problem he stays calm and collected but he screws up a few times and mm-hmm. everyone's looking around like how do we get out of this so it's more realistic in that sense i can't imagine everyone talking much during that situation you see in some movies where there's a lot of back and forth banter to kind of lighten the mood mm-hmm. in this there's nothing it's just action no talking yeah they they, they weren't relying on jokes they mm-hmm. weren't relying on on you know uh anything other than the stunt work and the editing Mm -hmm. and uh in in the driving sequences yeah yeah in terms of the the storytelling moments of the film um i was genuinely surprised at a lot of moments I was genuinely pleased uh, at other times. And the only moment that I really can say that I disliked a choice um, was uh, the restaurant scene. Which, where, which where, one? Uh, where Baby takes Deborah to the fancy restaurant. Oh. And, yeah. and I actually love how the scene works. Because I, just to be clear, to go, and again, to go back to this kind of, you know, get everyone in the theater and get them mm-hmm. out kind of thing. I love the idea of being able to tell a story with with a scene like that. Very mm-hmm. simple, very little dialogue, not much going on uh, in the restaurant other than the two characters of, of Deborah and Baby interacting, right? Mm-hmm. But uh, I just didn't like the camera work oh, the revolving spinning? around yeah. the table. It's like, okay, you can stop yeah. going around them it, now. It yeah. worked the first few times, but mm-hmm. it's, it was a bold choice to, to do it over and over again and that's just a personal thing yeah. yeah edgar wright is kind of known for for really uh active camera movement mm-hmm. and repetitive camera movement like mm-hmm. when you look back through films like scott pilgrim mm-hmm. or you know hot fuzz mm-hmm. there's a lot of repetitive camera movement in hot fuzz mm-hmm. um i guess because at that point he would have had more more money <laughs> mm-hmm. than he did for Shaun of the Dead. Obviously, I, I think there's a lot less repetitive camera movement for uh, This is the End because it's more, it's even more actiony than Hot Fuzz. It's like a lot of fighting, specific mm-hmm. fighting in the back end of that film. And it's, you know, it's a different kind of story. I don't know. But he is, he does kind of do that sort of movement. Um, so it, I can tell it's an artistic choice. It was a little disorienting for me, mm-hmm. but... I'm sure that there's someone else in some other podcast or even you're going to say, I loved it, you know, or somebody out there is going to say like that, that work. I like the scene though. 
mm-hmm. the scene that was going on. The camera movement took me out of it, but the mm-hmm. scene itself, just sit in the restaurant or pick her up, no words. Go to the restaurant. You know they're in a fucking restaurant. You know they're eating cheesecake. You know, uh, they're the having a smallest cheesecake. Yeah, an intimate moment. They're yeah. feeding each other, this sort of thing. You 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 know, and then the first words is someone's paid the tab. That's my old boss. And I know I'm jumping ahead, but yeah. I just I think it's a perfect scene to illustrate what this whole film is. Mm-hmm. Other than the camera movement, which I think is bullshit, for me. Mm-hmm. And I want to make that clear. It's just me. It's not anyone yeah. else. Um, but the scene itself is brilliant. It, it embodies everything that this film is about in that uh, you can tell a story really simply. And you can you can still – like the purity of, of cinema is, is still intact. You You don't have to – jam like a character is an exposition machine into a film or you, mm-hmm. you don't have to give every character a fucking last name or all of this stuff like it doesn't doesn't matter like you can tell a great story with very little yeah and uh and he's done a fantastic fantastic job doing that well it's funny you mentioned that uh the camera work and how it took you out of it because that's actually exactly what i was thinking too it was distracting the camera was moving too fast mm-hmm. it just kept going around and around and it took away from the moment of them you know making the connection they're spending time together they're yeah. sharing the food i wasn't even paying attention to them anymore i'm like is this going to stop revolving any minute now mm-hmm. any second now and then you know when it stops and and uh He's uh, the waiter comes over and says the bill's been paid for. It's like, oh my god, thank, thank god, god it's still yeah. spinning. I don't even care what happens right now. I I see what he was going for and having this endlessly revolving mm-hmm. kind of, uh, tracking shot. I assume it's a tracking shot. Mm-hmm. So how else would you do that? Uh, or or like, a guy pushing a dolly for like <laughs> these just vomits after going around like four hundred times. And um. That's why they stopped it. And just stop. <laughs> <laughs> All right, get Kevin over here. Kevin, okay, we changed the scene because our, our dolly operator passed out, so now you're going to pay the tab. No, um, um, but yeah, like two things, like you're saying, off air, I guess, and, and when we started to kind of talk about like six minutes or, or like three minutes in a mm. in a two-hour movie that you don't love the camera work, Yeah, you know, you can forgive as an artistic... Uh, well, thing and then the other side of it is I understand what he was doing yeah. because he was trying to make it dreamlike and then Kevin Spacey's character jumping yeah, in just breaks breaks it. it yeah exactly just shatters it you know he's in his own little world everything's going well and all of a sudden the reality kicks in that you know he's not really allowed to stop driving exactly well he has to make the choice <laughs> he <laughs> broken uses the legs. line from Monsters Inc yeah that. that was good yeah <laughs> um before we get it too much into actual detail, I, you know, I wanted to quickly get that scene out of the way because I think it's collectively the scene that the only mm-hmm. scene in the film that we don't like. Yes, um, I wouldn't even say that I didn't like it. I just thought the camera it could have been a little out. slower. It was yeah. just so fast. I'm like wine mm-hmm. glasses, touching the wine glasses, seeing mm-hmm. the, you know, and then yeah, you, you got disoriented and then yeah. you can't, couldn't make that connection to the characters. Yeah, almost like. You know why? I think it's because you're watching a movie with so many car chases mm. and it's still at the beginning of the movie, but you're sort of already in that gear, right? Yeah, Where you're going motion. to see, yeah, Lots of you're going to see all kinds of cuts and action and all of a sudden it's like, are people going to start shooting? Why are we spinning around so much? Mm-hmm. So you're kind of more alert. Did he right? drug her? <laughs> yeah, <what's> ha- <laughs> something's about to happen, right? It's in the cheesecake. <laughs> exactly. But no, they're having this sweet moment and it's it's distracting because it kind of elevates your adrenaline, getting you ready to see some action. Mm-hmm. But nothing's going to happen other than, you know, Doc, his boss, is still there and he's going to pay for his bill. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I wouldn't even say I didn't like it. Just too fast. Mm. I also really liked the mechanism of him kind of having this um technological boundary mm-hmm. where he never got past the ipod he just mm-hmm. kept putting more music on ipods instead of getting a phone or because mm-hmm. yeah, he doesn't Something need it bigger yeah you know um he's using cassettes yeah and then he's doing <laughs> his own music on cassettes on cassette. but he's got all this other equipment but he's but putting it's all it on pretty cassette. like it looks it's like old, stuff that yeah. you either found in the garbage can or uh, mm-hmm. like a dumpster rather or like got it like a thrift shop and mm-hmm. stuff like that stuff that like you and i would both go nuts and you know we'd see it Fiddle in like a cash with, yeah. converters or something and be cash like converters, yeah. yeah and like uh devin so who's, who's walking by right now uh 
He says, peace. Has he seen it? Uh, no, I don't think so. Uh, have you seen Baby Driver yet, Devin? Yeah, it's good. Oh, yeah, with him? Because that can get a little bit... Oh, my God, yes. Yeah. The laundromat. Do they separate the colors in this imaginary world between red, yellow, blue? Yeah. You don't separate your clothes into red, yellow, and blue? I don't even separate whites and darks. Oh. <laughs> Hang on, hang on. <laughs> Even the, um, you know, I, I, again, these are not my my mm-hmm. complaints. I haven't seen the movie yet. Yeah, but, no. But I could see it from that intro, six minute scene when he's uh, when he's doing the uh, the vocals, the John Spencer explosion yeah. song. He's like singing along and like tapping on the the drum, and just the way that I don't know. It's just it's it's. You know what's funny though? Years ago. You remember Mitchell telling us when we were on tour about um, a a drum uh, tape that had come out, a training tape that was actually that you could like do in your car, and it was him like, you know, you start up the car, ding, 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 and then you turn on the signals like, and then do you remember this? Him telling the story. Oh, it's ridiculous, absurd. Yeah, sorry. But yeah, just that it's it's just not the type of thing that, that you would see somebody do. That it seems cartoonish in, in mm-hmm. some ways. I think it's on well, it's on, you know it's on purpose that cheese like they yeah. they really milk the cheese. Even the the dreamy sequences <laughs> milk the cheese. <laughs> milk milk the cheese. cheese. Well, because there has to be the relief from the tension, right? And they almost. It's not even good relief. It's almost like okay, this is really cheesy. It's on purpose. The way they interact with each other. The way he sees. Uh, what is her name? Deborah. Deborah. Right? Every time he imagines her, it's just oh, like it's so magical. Dream-like. There's and a it looks rainbow like, in we, the sky. We were like, joking. or yeah. I said to you, like, is it just me? Or every time you see her leaning on a car and like his, <laughs> his dream sequences, it looks like she's like just endlessly having an orgasm. <laughs> yeah. She's just always like, smiling. Just orgasm like forever. Like, yeah, I want to feel as good as she looks in that scene. What is she on? <laughs> yeah. Gosh. She's on something good. But to to talk uh, just because that is a good point the dialogue thing the stylized dialogue but you got okay one of Edgar Wright's favorite films and uh, is is the driver he referenced it many a times that it is one of his favorite films there's barely any dialogue in the film at all and and this is a throwback to that kind of thing too like vanishing point the driver uh, the getaway these sorts of films where Everything is boiled down to just enough so that you understand, so you can move on. Because all that's important is the action set pieces, and they give you like just the amount of time to do, you know, to build the relationships, just the amount of time to get like a little bit of comedy, et cetera, right? And that's what like Edgar Wright understands that. And I was saying like both a hority, a hority, and a calmer. <laughs> I'm having a hard time here. <laughs> uh, a a, a core. Uh, yep. One moment, please. <laughs> A horror and a comedy director. Um, I want to see every action film from now on directed by these cats because the this the shock and the tension building those two elements those are key mechanisms in those genres. Whereas it just seems like every big budget tentpole you know superhero film or this or that. It, it seems as though there's always some action beats that have no merit. Mm-hmm. Or there's others that are overdeveloped f- of no consequence. <laughs> Lean on here. Right? You could sit. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. That's what chairs are normally. But uh, <laughs> so that's, that's how, you know, how I would rationalize it. You do have to go into it understanding what it is and that it is an homage to the 70s era driving films um, with a little bit more character development. Yeah. About 20 minutes more character development. That's about it. You know what I, now that I think about it, now that you mentioned it was overly stylized and that, you know, your sister didn't like it, for example. And we were talking, and you're talking about the suspense behind the way the scenes build up. And I was mentioning the relief from the suspense in a way even when it's not a car chase or, you know, the criminals talking to each other, there's always, you're always uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. 
Like he, he keeps you uncomfortable the whole time. Even when he's like nothing's going on, he's sitting at home with his, I guess it's like foster dad and he's dancing really cheesy and singing at him and stuff. You're like, oh God, this is making me uncomfortable. So you're never really relaxed, right? The mm-hmm. whole movie, you're just sort of reacting to it in a way that's, that is not, like oh this is even with the way he talks to his girlfriend the way they talk to well, each are other are they even girlfriend well, I don't boyfriend? know what they're they are not, they're just they're yeah, it they're, just they're, it makes you uncomfortable it's, yeah it's I, I know I'm not it's a cheese it's great bringing up movies that are that are that much similar maybe but I mean here's what I where I would what I would lay out for you mm-hmm. here is is you've got like a you know a movie like your oceans. Uh, 12 or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. Let's put that on one end of the spectrum. Okay. Which is a and heist movie, got, no driving. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I'm mm-hmm. just... Yeah. You know, There's just still planning turn. involved. And, and then, uh, you know, maybe like uh, a movie like the, the Big Hit starring Mark Wahlberg. Oh, yeah. Uh, and uh, Lou Diamond Phillips. <laughs> yeah. And like... That's a real... You know, maybe somewhere gem. in the middle of the spectrum is... I, you know, let's say a movie like uh, Gone in 60 Seconds, okay? Now, each of these movies are are kind of um, uh, crime action comedies, right? Um, and all of, them, so. all of them, I would say, have very, like, surreal level, like, you know, pseudo-perfect dialogue kind of, kind of going on, right? Like, everything... It feels written. It doesn't feel natural between mm-hmm. these people, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. But I can't go too far to that one end of the spectrum, mm-hmm. uh, and 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 uh, or I can't. I can't. Are we comparing this movie to the, the big middle. hit? Because this mm-hmm. is not the big hit. Yeah. I can't be somewhere in the middle of this this spectrum. I feel like a movie has to <laughs> either be cheesy like the big mm-hmm. hit and and not taking itself seriously whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Or it has to only give you enough of 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 that sort of um, uh, over the top dialogue that you get maybe like you know one or two little chucks in, yeah. in mm-hmm. the film that well, don't yeah, take some... you out of it too much mm-hmm. like like that other because then there's this danger zone of Gone in sixty seconds where you're you're fucked you know? yeah <laughs> well this isn't the big hit or Gone in sixty I know, seconds I know. and it's also not Ocean's Eleven because Ed, and you, I actually, you know what though, you kind of hit jazzy, you, you kind of like hit that. hit the uh, the nail on the head with regards to where a misconception would be with this film, mm-hmm. because a lot of the marketing is like you see like John Bernenthal in a fucking uh, bank like with a machine gun, and you're mm-hmm. like, okay, so this is gonna be a heist movie. It's not. Mm-hmm. You don't go in the banks. Yeah, like, you never see the heist. Actually, where, yeah, where any of the actual like now like the the newer trailers for the film, you never mm-hmm. see any of the like it's because it's not what it's about. It's a yeah, and and that's what it's pitched as in writing. But who reads anymore? It's, <laughs> it's a driving film. I don't know. I'll, I'll, I should stop dispensing yeah. any sort of opinions on a movie that I haven't that I've only seen. <laughs> that's six actually minutes kind of fun, on. though. It's great just compared but, to things. But I, I mean, it looks cool. I like a good car chase. I yeah. just. Um, you know that's that's what I find too often, and that's what I hope isn't the case with mm-hmm. with this movie is that it does go a little bit too or like either either not goofy enough mm-hmm. or or too damn goofy and, mm-hmm. and kind of yeah I feel it like it's right in that there, right you know? magic spot, but I also like this kind of movie, but so do yeah. you because we have conversations about some you know obscure car movies that I wouldn't think that you'd seen, and then you know we've geeked out on them so. I would highly recommend it. With that, let's go to break. We'll come back and we'll get into some of the finer details. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't realize it. <laughs> what? Oh, Steven Spielberg's first film, Duel. The truck's just following them along. You, you haven't seen no. Duel? No. They, they did a... Did they do a remake or did they do... Uh... I think they may have, which is ridiculous because it's literally just a truck following a car for an hour and then it drives off a cliff. <laughs> <laughs> That's the movie. Wow. Like, it's, you know, they stop for gas and it stops and sits across the street and revs the engine. 
and then it goes again and then just follows That's you really and like spooky. flashes its lights and shit. Yeah, and then just like there was like an early 2000s movie very similar with like maybe it was more Joyride? like a trucker but there was a part where he was chasing them in a semi for an inordinate amount of time. Mm. Yeah, you never see the killer in Duel either. You never see or like killer like just driver. He just drives a truck. <laughs> he got cut off and they just followed him for a really long time. That's the movie. All right, so we're back, and let's get into characters a little bit, and then we'll go over finer details of the film, because we're not doing so well so far. We're a little, it's late in the evening. We just saw the flick. Stitch. We're a little bit... A little yeah, sleepy. Yeah, a wee just bit. Just a tad. Yeah. Um, okay, so we've been kind of going back and forth about uh, the comparing its style to different movies and you know previous films, and there's something that I realize now. Jamie Foxx's character, so Bats... Right. Mm-hmm. As you're watching the he movie, he is so bad. It's great, great observation. But you're no, you're watching you're watching this movie, and all the characters. It's it's very fresh, modern, kind of cool. You know, everyone's very calm. This mm. is we're in this for this is our job. And then he comes in, and he's more of like. Uh, a nineties action heist movie character. It's mm-hmm. like you're in the wrong movie. <laughs> it feels like they plucked him out of another movie where people go absolutely crazy and shoot people up, you know, and jump out of a sunroof and like and do crazy shit. And they put him in this movie where everyone's very calm, cool, collected, jazzy, yeah. you know, level headed. And then you've got this loose cannon from, you know, a movie from ninety four suddenly wanting to kill everyone. But you see what I mean, right? Like, yeah. he doesn't match the rest of the movie. Yeah. Which is awesome. But that's oh, yeah. that's one thing I, that I just realized. Like, it feels like he's not... He just doesn't match. And he, he, he makes everyone uncomfortable on on these heists and the getaways. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's apparent if you look at a character like Bats. The moment that he comes into play and you can... There's little subtle hints that there's something really wrong with this guy and something will happen that has to do with this guy. So, you know, baby's reaction, uh, uh, what was his name? Uh, John Hamm's character, buddy, buddy, buddy. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and darling, they, you know, their reaction to him, everyone's, uh, the, the way that they were dealing with bats, there was such a huge buildup because it was almost like a, you kind of laugh it off like, <laughs> yes, that, that guy's crazy. But at the same time, you know, he, someone's going to get killed or you think he's going to try to kill baby. He just, there's something wrong with yep. him. Right. And, and it's so builds, well yeah. done. And when spoiler, I mean, obviously there's a spoiler alert at the beginning, yeah. but when he finally dies, like you do not expect that. That yeah. was unexpected. Um, best moment and of the film. They show it to you yeah. like three times. He looks at the truck. He's like, this is the truck. And he looks at, you know, he looks at where he's sitting. He looks it at the truck. Off the passenger yeah. side airbag. You never expect that he is planning this, but he's like ready to do it. Yeah. Right. He's like, okay, if I have to, I'm going to just drive through that. It's, it's fucked up. I love it. Yeah. It's great. Oh, it was amazing. Mm-hmm. And like the, the thought to just like, that's one of those like Raimi S cuts. Like we mm-hmm. were just talking about where he's looking. He's looking at bats. He's mm-hmm. looking at the truck. He's looking at bats. <laughs> and then it cuts to his thumb on the on the passenger side airbag button. Yeah. Turning it off. Yeah. And then yeah, puts and it in drive. <laughs> and it's so fucking good. So good. It was so gory. Too. Oh, it's man. Like, right through him. And before we go any farther, I got to say, like, Jamie Foxx, it's very, very, very hard to make me not like Jamie Foxx. Mm-hmm. And... For Leave the baby. Yeah. <laughs> what the fuck? Why? <laughs> yeah. Amazing performance. Mm-hmm. Like, larger than life. Um, mm-hmm. But to me, you know, I could see someone being like, oh, you know, he's chomping up the scenery, this kind of thing. Um, this, you know, seeing that in reviews. And I haven't admittedly looked at any reviews because mm-hmm. I wanted to see it cold, as I generally do with all of Edgar Wright stuff, right? from hot fuzz forward mm-hmm. um and uh you know i don't think he was i think he was he was the what the character needed to be like he was just just like everything else in this film like he was just evil enough yeah that it was like that you consented with like mm-hmm. and that was the point where because that was the one mm-hmm. you know obviously things ratchet up and ratchet up as the film goes on mm-hmm. but 
that was the one that allowed you to say, like, that's fine. Like, Mm -hmm. baby can do this. Yeah. And then moving forward, everyone else kind of, like, that that seal's already been broken. The, Mm -hmm. you know, the no killing, the no, you know, don't be involved kind of thing. Mm -hmm. The gloves are off. Yep. So at this point, now you're, you, as an audience, are acclimating Mm -hmm. to him kind of starting to kill everyone or like you know whatever well he's got to do it yeah and and so it's his character is is perfect in that way and his character delivers a a large part of what one could consider as exposition beyond uh kevin spacey Mm -hmm. who is basically strictly there for exposition and then a Mm -hmm. you know wonderful redeemer moment it's funny because that's actually true. The Jamie Foxx character is what makes you sort of buy into what's happening. Mm-hmm. If you watch any action movie where there's shooting, getaway, you're sort of on the side of the main characters like, yeah, go run. And mm-hmm. in your mind, you're, you've bought in and it's fine. Yeah. But here you have first off... Um, Bernenthal, Sean Bernenthal yeah. in the opening sequence exactly. getting a little mouthy Just, and you're yeah. like, oh, good thing, you know. But you know, it doesn't really, it's like, oh, well, they're criminals, so yeah. it's cool, right? And, like, and, it's but, part of it, right? And then, yeah. And then Fox shows up. And, and he's the one that you're like, oh, wait, no, these are these are bad people. And yeah. all of a sudden it's like, I'm not buying into this. And, and he's and, killing everybody. <laughs> yeah. And, and again, like, why? wonderfully <laughs> edited. Got to say it again, those cuts mm-hmm. between babies, you know, sunglasses, mm-hmm. eyes, and yep. the guard, yep, on the seat uh, on the floor mm-hmm. or on the ground, rather outside of the truck. That's exactly it. When he rolls, well, even just okay. So you see him. They get out. You see the truck. They all run over. Mm. And then he rolls the car forward, so you don't see anything. Mm-hmm. You just hear stuff, mm-hmm. right? What's happening? And then he rolls back, and they all get in. And he looks over, and he sees the guard on the floor bleeding, right? Yeah. And it's it's exactly what you said earlier it's it's that kind of horror sort of feel where you don't see much and yeah. you just your imagination you is worse exactly you feel it so you see it the way he sees it he looks over he sees this he's like oh shit do they stick to too. that shot too do they stick to that like wide angle like wide angle kind of medium shot from outside the car of baby so they go over and then it he it cuts yeah. to that and then he moves forward and then he moves back yeah, or it is there a few cuts in no, between no it's just from oh, what i remember brilliant. as you see if they it do that, and then they go forward cool. and then he rolls back i love that shit yeah i don't think he that's i don't film think they yeah, out i don't moment. think they they pan away from it it's just what they don't show you so when yeah, so in my head i had this it, go back to a close up of him but maybe you're right i think you're right i you know even if they did it still gives you that effect where yeah. you're seeing it the way he sees it cuz he rolls up He's hearing everything, and then he rolls back, and everyone gets in. You know, you see, every, like mm-hmm. it, it cuts to everybody running towards the car. They all get in, and then he looks over and sees the guard. So, all of a sudden, you're like, "Oh wait!" And he sees it. He mm-hmm. reacts. It throws him off. So he, you know, almost screws up the getaway. He starts crashing into everyone. He's, you know, he's discombobulated because he just saw this guard on the ground. He's not a murderer, mm-hmm. so it shocks him, right? But then you're kind of in the same sort of panicky mode, like, oh, shit, he's freaking out. They're not going to get away, right? So now you don't know if they, you want the bad guys to get away or not. Is he a bad guy? Is he part of this? Is Baby one of the victims? Like, mm-hmm. it throws you off. One thing that I um, I wonder if they were trying to do with that scene is um, when they pull in... Mm-hmm. Baby sees the plain clothes officer mm-hmm. or a plain clothed guard, mm-hmm. right? Is that who is in the truck? I assume so. Like they keep referring to him as a good Samaritan, et cetera. Yeah. But he had like a case with and he, he has had all a, these weapons. He, yeah, and he had like a <laughs> rifle. Why and so is he forth. so armed? So my inclination was that he was a plain clothed officer following the truck. Mm-hmm. And obviously if it had enough money to, to knock off, then mm-hmm. might be suitable. So baby sees that and identifies it in my mind because I identified it. Mm-hmm. So if I'm as an audience member identifying it, mm-hmm. then he's identifying it because at that point in the film, I'm seeing through his eyes. In fact, the only mm-hmm. th- moment that I can think of um, in the film is the car garage at the end, which we'll get to. That's mm-hmm. the only kind of moment where the Breaks audience away. is subject to information that baby doesn't have. Oh, when yeah, yeah. When he doesn't, yeah, when he jumps out. Yeah. Yeah. Which we'll get to. Uh, or not. But you're right. It's totally through his eyes. So is he... 
is he baiting the system? Like, like, is it that he thinks he's that good, or is it that he's hoping that is he deep down in some he dark place to hoping caught. to get caught so oh, that yeah. it can be over? For sure, you know. And even um, it's that, so obvious when they're at the post office too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the first thing he asks that woman when she's nice to the kid is, "Are you working tomorrow?" Yeah, right. Like he feels bad. He wants them to get caught. He's a, he doesn't want to be part of it. No, you're right. It's interesting. I think I think you got something there. I think you're yeah, right. but I because in the moment because I wasn't able to contextualize it in in the scene, and obviously it'd come off from the the whole Michael Myers joke mm-hmm. mask mix up situation, which. That would have been a really, really good joke if it wasn't in the trailer. Yeah. Because I did see that trailer. Yeah. Um, and and so that that sucked because that was a good joke. And I even snickered a little bit in the theater, but mm-hmm. it, I, I found it funny when it was in the trailer. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a lot of alternate takes of stuff I noticed between the trailer and what was actually just yeah. used in the film, which is good. Mm-hmm. I don't mind that. If, they're, you know, if you're using... If you're cutting a trailer like eight months before a film comes out, mm-hmm. or ten months, or a year, mm-hmm. then cool. I prefer if yeah, they do that. Fine. I don't want to see the movie yeah, before I just, just tell sell, me what it's about. Just yeah. sell me the ticket. Mm-hmm. Give me the then, idea of it. You know. By the way, Isa Gonzalez. Um, where did I just see her? She's she just did some screen testing for Batgirl. Oh really? I think or no, Catwoman. Oh. Yeah. Uh, for, so you, we might we might see her in in a DCEU. I don't film think I've, soon. I can't think of anything else she's in uh, from Dusk Till Dawn TV shows. The only thing I can think of, and I watched like two episodes of it. Really? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. I, she plays the Selma Hayek character. I don't feel like I've ever seen her before ever in anything. But then again, I did. I felt the same way about Baby. Yeah. Right. What's his name? Ansel something something something. Ansel something something something. Ansel. Elgort. Yeah. Al- Albert? Elgort. El- Elgort. Okay. Yes. Yeah, I I had not seen him in anything else. Mm-hmm. And he's great. Just bland enough for this film. Yeah. Just bland enough that they can turn him into whatever they want. <clears throat> what do you think of Kevin Spacey in this flick? Because I don't think he's going to be either of our favorite characters, is he? No, but he just played what he is really good at playing. Mm-hmm. I felt like he was kind of channeling a similar thing to what he was doing in 21. Yeah, he he really, he's so good at that character. Yeah. The he's calm, scary cool, as hell. He doesn't even yeah. have to try. Intimidating, right? yeah. Yeah, exactly. There's something about him that's very put together in this film and yet um, fearful. And mm-hmm. the fear... Even though he's very in control, but mm-hmm. it's that fear of being out of control mm-hmm. that makes him so scary. Yeah. Because if anyone questions him, if anyone does anything questionable, mm-hmm. say, for example, like the cat on the second heist there uh, with mm-hmm. the hat tattoo. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Everyone loves hats. Who doesn't like hats? How's it, it, I, I, it was originally hate, but I got it. I, I changed it to hat. Because uh, to, to help with them, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. How's that working out for you? Who doesn't like hats? It's great, so good. great exchange. I had no idea Flea was in this movie. Yeah, when he I meant popped to up, I, I, all of a sudden, I'm like, oh, it's Flea. Okay, and he was just himself. Yeah, <laughs> he doesn't with have to no just stick him in or a, with yeah. a fake nose. Stick him in a movie. Yep. It's so funny, but well, okay. So just hang put on, him in the back of a car. Back to Kevin Spacey, though. Yeah. Um, and you mentioned. How he's intimidating, his character's intimidating. It's it's effortless intimidation. Yeah. Um, how do you feel about how he sort of switches at the end and pretty much, it almost like he sacrifices himself for well, I baby. Think the, the, yeah, I think the first, well, two things strike me that that could have happened. When I was watching the film, to be honest, the fact um, that uh, they let him drive the last heist yeah. um, gave me one bit of insight into the fact of how Kevin Spacey's character looks at him. Mm-hmm. Um, number two was the introduction of the nephew, Sam. Yeah. Um, because it, right there, something struck me as odd mm-hmm. because, okay, so this, this guy who's like an underworld kingpin kind mm-hmm. of situation. Take my nephew. 
he's traveling around with his nephew, and his nephew is spending enough time with him mm-hmm. to not, um, or rather, to know his operation and how yeah. it works and this and that and the finer details. So, if you are, if you f- hold family in such high regard, mm-hmm. what has happened that you? don't have a child of your own. The yeah, fact that it was a nephew, yeah. I had this feeling that mm-hmm. that was going to play back in with the whole love thing. Yeah. I didn't think it was going to play out like it did, admittedly, mm-hmm. but I thought that there was going to be a pep talk. Like, I had this feeling. I was just seeing this, like, real, you know, um, like, goodwill hunting, like, mm-hmm. I got to <laughs> see about a girl kind yeah. of moment yeah. somewhere in the film. And, I, you know, I was actually really happy... That I didn't get that because they had mm. done such a good job of like, even though Kevin Spacey's character was strictly there to kind of play parent and deliver expository mm-hmm. dialogue in large part, mm-hmm. um, he, I was glad that that he got a moment of redemption and of sacrifice because there was really no other way to kill off that character, yeah, either. So. But I felt like there was something coming. I, you know, I, I knew that there had to be a reason why that was the nephew and not the son. Yeah. That was the big thing. Because, so you think- because of the fact that he knew so much. If he was just a dumb kid, like mm-hmm. when they first went to the bank, it didn't mean anything to me. Yeah. But as soon as the kid said the stuff about the heist, mm-hmm. like this many cameras, this yep. many attendants, I'm like, holy shit. So this kid spends enough time with mm-hmm. him. Yeah, you don't and even I have to shoot her or whatever. Yeah. yeah. She was nice. You don't even have to, yeah. Yeah, she'll just hand you the big bills. Yeah. So you think you think Baby was kind of like a son figure to him? No, I think that. Uh, well, I think that he saw something in him, mm-hmm. and then uh, well, he uh, wants good things to happen for him. Well, I, I guess. think he saw himself a little bit before yeah, he yeah. was corrupted, but I think he saw the vulnerability that you know he was corrupted by. So, mm-hmm. for example, like he saw that he could use him. Yeah, but then of course you do see the familiarity, the 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 kind of tenderness of their relationship with like buying him the gloves and this sort of thing. Um, and, and then also the disciplining you mm-hmm. see with him. So maybe, yeah, I guess a father figure mm-hmm. is a good way of saying it because you see him, he has to dispose of that body. Yeah. For he's example, emotionally invested in him. In him. Yeah. He but, doesn't. Sorry. sorry. No, go ahead. Well, I just mean that I, I thought most likely you're going to see, Something with his backstory, or not see it, but something narrated because everything else that Kevin Spacey does is just fucking talking about stuff. Mm -hmm. So he would explain that, you know, I had a love interest and I loved her very much and she was taken from me. So I took everything from this guy and now I'm him or something like that. You know, I was expecting that kind of moment and uh, I didn't get that. Instead, I just got an I was in love once and I thought, that's it. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? Everything else in this film is like that. Everything mm-hmm. else in this film is shallow. You know, let's go. I'm hungry. They go into a restaurant. They mm-hmm. get fucking pops. I know. They take one sip of them. That's true. And then they leave. You know, everything's very shallow. You don't get much from anything, but it's exactly. intense enough that you feel like, okay, I get it. I get it. Like get it's it. enough, right? Yeah. Which is almost realistic in a sense, because when you meet people, they don't tell you their whole life story, but you get a feel for someone's personality, Mm -hmm. right? And they do that with all the characters. They don't go deep into any of them. But something I found really interesting that sort of threw me off is after Darling gets killed, Mm -hmm. right? And John Hamm is coming after him and, you know, he's killed bats. Like he's just going on a freaking killing spree. You think, okay, so his boss, Doc, is going to come after him now. Like, he's he's screwed. He's he's dead. Instead, he calls him and he says, I need help. Yeah. I'm like, but why would he help him? Like, he just totally does, fucked up his operation. Yeah, and why like, does he know that he can trust that he won't kill him? Exactly. It's very right? Like, he just, he actually goes there and he brings freaking Deborah with him. He brings her. Mm-hmm. He's, uh, he's that's how confident he is that doc won't fuck him up exactly right so that's kind of interesting i thought that was an interesting moment simply because he's keeping her safe he goes to pick her up because he knows that she's in danger but then he brings her over to his boss the one person he should be the most afraid of it's fucked up but it's also indicative of the fact that like he was confident that when he was square with him that that he would just get out Mm-hmm. 
you know? Yeah. And then it was that controlling, disciplining figure mm-hmm. of Kevin Spacey in this film that drags him back in. Yeah. It's interesting. But you never really think, of, okay, he's threatening him. He might hurt everyone he loves, blah, 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 blah. You know, the threat that he gives them. But at the same time, he says things to him like, you're not going to live in this shithole much longer. Or you'll be out of this shithole soon when he goes to his building mm-hmm. or, you know. He, he gen- genuinely wants him to do well. Yeah. He wants to see him succeed because he knows he can be good at it. Yeah. Okay. Favorite character, least favorite character. <sighs> okay. So I really, really liked John Hamm's character. Mm-hmm. I, even when he was trying to kill baby, I didn't, I wasn't angry at him. I'm like, I get it. He's pissed off. You know, his uh, wife got shot. It is baby's fault. Yeah. Right. So I get it. He's going to want revenge. Um, I, I, and it's not unexpected from the character. No. That's the thing. It's not unexpected. They literally fucking say it. Yeah. They in the build diner. up to it. She even says, um, he killed someone for giving her a dirty look. Right. Mm-hmm. So, you expect it from his character and it's consistent, but he's also nice enough that he sort of sticks up for baby at one yeah, point, you know, and they listen to music. Yeah. So, you know, he, and Great when tune, he comes after way. him, <laughs> when he comes after him and he goes to leave at Toyam for his road trip, yep. the first, you know, he asks him where he's going and I, it's bad enough. I have to worry about bats and I yeah. have to worry about you Don't too. Come back. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Right. So he, you know, if it was bats who, pops into the car anyway he would have just killed him yeah you know when he went it just escalated right away another brilliant uh turn in that film Mm -hmm. because you're he's walking through and you see bats waking up yeah and you're like and you're like oh no bats is gonna be there when it's john ham's character when it's buddy yeah um you feel relieved but you still feel he's caught yeah like he's caught red handed where the hell is bats well you know he's coming too because he opened his eyes right but you don't expect him to have the little recorder yeah and that is the twist twist. on the scene yeah yeah that was that was pretty good speaking of which cj jones in this flick really Mm -hmm. really good as the uh um adopted father uh really interesting um I I love the idea of of this boy who's kind of mute by choice mm-hmm. being adopted by by a deaf man yeah. and raised and and uh, it's interesting the similarity between um Deborah and he in that regard that that he's mm-hmm. now taking care of his um his his stepfather who seems to care for him in a much deeper way than his actual dad did by the flashback mm-hmm. sequences. So you see the importance of that connection to him. Yeah. And then uh, Deborah recently, or it's alluded to that she recently lost her mother and that mm-hmm. she had been caring for her, you know? Yeah. And now she wishes Has she just had someone to either. carry. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wishes she had someone to care for, you know. Mm-hmm. She seems like she's lost, you know. Which a lot of people, uh, you know, say that after they lose a loved one who they've been caring for, mm-hmm. it's very hard. It's so sad. <laughs> <laughs> okay, sorry. So, favorite character, John Hamm. I think so. Least favorite character. Okay, so that's tough. Oh my god, who would be my least favorite? That's that says a lot for this flick that yeah. that you're that you're, you know, having trouble here. It, it would have to be like a side character, just, okay. you know, a security card or something. Um Okay, well, let's make it real difficult for you then. Can, we, can I make a Flea's least? character? <laughs> I mean, he Absolutely. Really, he was just in that he movie because he's Flea. Yeah. And it was almost like and I have no problem with him, but it's just when I see someone like that in a movie like this it just feels like a gimmick um yes so my my favorite character in the film (laughs) you know what i'm gonna i'm 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 gonna go with uh with deborah lily james is deborah you know you're gonna go with a young baby (laughs) um you know, it's weird, but 
she immediately talks about the dead mother yeah and like very insincerely she she uh, alludes to uh, all kinds of other stuff that's like painful to him and he doesn't want to talk about it um also like those those really stylized kind of fantasy sequences um that could like that could play like fucking happy gilmore you know yeah. like go to your happy place you know and mm-hmm. you have yeah the it could be like that it, so i think there's got to be something to the performance there's got to be something to it that that uh that makes it work and also you have to believe you have to believe that that this character who is now free of debt and is very good at his job mm-hmm. <clears throat> a dangerous job mind you and a job that sucks his soul from him mm-hmm. but don't all John yeah all <laughs> jobs, do that, jobs. Yeah. <laughs> but uh you you have to believe that this young man would give up uh everything even you know to the point of uh, you know possibly his he does you know give up his life for all intents and purposes um for the chance Mm -hmm. at love with this girl or for feelings how intensely he feels about this young woman and so there has to be something there for me to buy in it's very hard for me to get involved and emotionally invested in in the you know budding young love kind of thing because a lot of times you know maybe i'm just becoming a bitter old man or something but i'm just like yeah yeah yeah, been there done that i you know just get to the fucking car chase scenes like in a movie like this mm-hmm. you know because we're talking about how a lot of things don't matter and it's minimal and you just need this much time and that much time i was really really invested in my time with them with those two characters specifically and i didn't even mind the final sequence of the film where she gets involved with the crowbar yeah again that that's like a killer for me you know if it's like when someone's fu- it's like the terminator 2 when john connor comes out and like ah like no mm-hmm. no you know you're dead like mm-hmm. bad idea you know and it's the same with that you're no match for seasoned criminal john ham yeah with a handgun so yeah. like you like there has to be something to the performance and that's yeah. how I'm quantizing it because you know instinctively it would be like Jamie Foxx or Kevin Spacey or John Hamm or any of these really good performances in the film but all I keep coming back to is the fact that like I am totally invested in baby getting the fuck out of there yep. and yep. why am I cool with him killing everybody mm-hmm. and this and that and all that I keep coming back to is CJ Jones and and Lily James, mm-hmm. those two characters, yep. grounding his world makes everything else well worthwhile. So you have to, you know, his dreams, right? Like <clears throat> yeah. she embodies his dreams. And you mentioned earlier that yeah, she does mention all the things that hurt him, but oh. she's not in any way malicious no, ever. It's, it's she's from a pure super place. Positive. Mm-hmm. She's um, she's an optimist. She's very happy. She's almost very innocent sounding. Yeah. You know, she has no idea what he's doing. And when those people all come in, like all the criminals come in, and they sit down. That's when she sees like something is wrong. Yeah, right. And you can tell that she can see something's wrong. But even then, she's and still she's on the cusp positive. of crying. Yeah, throughout exactly. those scenes, but it's not it's not overt. Mm-hmm. It's 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 subdued. You know it. My okay, so here, here's what I'm going to do for my least favorite character. I'm going to go with the undercover cop from the gun purchasing mm-hmm. sequence with the butcher. Yeah, you talked about that you like the butcher and you know, welcome yeah. to the charcuterie and all this. That was stuff entertaining. All, yeah, but you know he's dead. Yeah. He's... Well, you know that Jamie Fox because he he fucking says we we may not leave in this car. So which means yeah. in Jamie in. in in bats speak in this film means we will not leave in this car. But even when he talks to your your least favorite character there, the undercover cop guy, yeah. although he wasn't, he was part of the team. Yeah. Like, you know, he was a crooked he wasn't, cop. Yeah, he was a crooked cop. Um, but, you know, he's like, oh, have we met before? He's like, no, because you're still alive. And yeah, you're like, he's oh, still, great. He's going to kill everyone. Yeah. At that point, you would think they'd have their guard up a little bit. Yeah. Just a little bit. Yeah. So I'm going to go with mm-hmm. the undercover cop from that scene. I don't like his... Does he... He's the one that comes back at the end and says bananas... Again to Oh, yeah, because one of them didn't die. Yeah. That's right. When the car blows up, when he mm-hmm. throws he comes the grenade. comes in body yeah. armor and bullshit. 
Well, when they're driving away and Jamie Foxx throws in the grenade and then it kind of pans, mm-hmm. you see the car explode and then you see the background, you see the one hand on the ground mm-hmm. moves a little bit. Yeah. It's like, oh, is that just for effect? Like, oh, look, he's not dead yet or is he going to come back? Yeah. It's true. Bananas. I honestly believe that it's one of the most enjoyable films that I saw this year because I didn't have to put on any fucking goggles yeah. or like oh, lube true, anything yeah. up and inject it into my <laughs> asshole or anything to enjoy the film. Yeah. I didn't have to strap <laughs> into a seat to like move me around and like, you know, I didn't have to give a blood sample at the door or like, you know what I mean? Yeah. It was just, I went in, I sat down in a regular <laughs> seat and watched a movie. Okay, so... Besides characters and something that you sort of mentioned earlier, I don't know what it was, but it made me think, oh, jazz. The soundtrack was awesome for mm-hmm. this movie. I loved it. It was great. all over the place. Mm-hmm. All over the place. It was great. Like a true music lover's yeah. collection would be. He was really all over the place. It was that the tequila. Yeah. And then, you know, and then he's listening to jazz mm-hmm. or Queen or just he's all over the place. I love it. The action sequences syncing up with the music was yeah, just that was cool. really fun. Like it was fun. That's what it was. Like and even really when John Hamm is shooting, that was one of my favorites in the after after uh, Darling dies mm-hmm. when he's shooting the cops and it's still in time to the fucking drum hits in the song. Mm-hmm. But it was really good music it was more i don't want to say obscure because it wasn't obscure but it wasn't obvious music not music you would normally pick for a film like that yeah how much uh what was the pizza company in it wasn't papa john's was it It was um goodfellas or something yeah something like that yeah real pizza place it is it is here it is here in canada different logo though Uh, i believe so it's in streetsville uh, yeah, there's one up near my mom in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> We're Googling it. Atlanta. Yeah, because they go the other fellas, or he kind of makes a play on words. Goodfellas Pizza is yeah. a legitimate pizza place in, in uh, Atlanta. Yeah. Goodfellas Pizza, located cool. uh, at 615 Spring Street, Northwest Atlanta, <laughs> Georgia. <laughs> Looking for Close, it? yeah. This, this episode brought to you by Goodfellas Pizza and Wings, located pizza. at 615 Spring Street, Northwest Atlanta, Georgia. If you're looking yeah, for a great pizza <laughs> and you're in Atlanta, go to God, Goodfellas, Goodfellas pizza, pizza tonight. Favorite scenes? I really like when you see him making his music in his own little world. Yeah, that's really cool. <laughs> How he's taking, you know, the the little recordings that he takes, that he makes. And you just know that's not a good idea. It's yeah. super incriminating, right? Exactly. But he, he just... because he's naive. He's, yeah, he's so removed from it in his mind. He doesn't even, you know, he's not a part of that world. But he is, and he doesn't think about it that way, that he can just sort of make music out of it, right? Yeah. And I love how it comes back to say exactly what you just said at the end of the film. Like, we couldn't even make up something that stupid. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) What were you thinking? Like, really? You have all these tapes. yeah, And he's got really cool things on different tapes. You see the names of the different tapes, and it's like, oh, he's creative. That's great. But, you know, he's basically journaling the crimes Mm -hmm. in a way, right? He's probably not disposing of the raw tapes either. No. He's probably just reusing them for more yeah. songs. Oh my god, yeah, it's so true. You can understand why Jamie Foxx's character would freak the hell and out. And John yeah. Hamm. Yeah, they freak out. Kevin Spacey's a little more reserved because he, knows he thinks he's got his thumb on him, you know. And he knows he didn't do it. He's not, you know, he's not doing it to rat them out. He's not. Well, he knows he's not a cop because he's yeah. seen him boost his car yeah uh, you know and that's how that would be well then again that would be a rather intelligent way to do it but he was very young so but he knows be able his, to hire that person as a police officer he knows his personality <clears throat> yeah but he's, right? he's not exactly like, super developed socially that's why he says like you know what go home i'll get another driver mm-hmm. just so that it's almost as if so that everyone else is comfortable mm-hmm. not because he's pissed off at him yeah right and they're keeping all the tapes yeah so like, no big deal, we've got the tapes from mm-hmm. <laughs> cassettes. The car chase slash car fight, the bumper cars yeah. in the parking lot. I thought yeah. that was great. So cool. Mm-hmm. I love that shit. Mm-hmm. I do. And the whole sequence, I was like, we need a longer sequence of him driving backwards. Yeah. I really wanted, like, a cool, like, reverse chase a mm-hmm. decent amount of time. Mm-hmm. It's just something I really dig, and I haven't seen it really well done in, a, in at least mm-hmm. probably... 
eight to ten years mm-hmm. of film that I really, really, really enjoyed. I'm not saying it doesn't exist, but just something that I've really, really, really enjoyed watching where there's like a, an extended reverse car chase sequence. Mm-hmm. And that one was really, really simple. And it was extended to the, you know, like there was multiple shots and clearly it was done methodically, but it didn't take up a lot of time mm-hmm. in the film. But they didn't... Uh, I liked it because they they put effort into like using the reverse camera mm-hmm. as a, as a point of view shot in it mm-hmm. and using um a, a ton of cuts between his face and the exterior of the car mm-hmm. and then over to John Hamm and then and the shifting the, yeah exactly <laughs> yeah. and 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 giving us a a wide angle shot of the two cars and then mm-hmm. you know just baby uh you know a medium shot with his car door in the front of his car and this sort of mm-hmm. thing and that's they put so much work into that little scene where he's driving in reverse for all of what less than a minute yeah that it felt so fucking important to me that it was satisfying enough that like you know now i feel i feel like i feel like i watched a 10 minute sequence of him driving in reverse the entire time Mm -hmm. you know and it wasn't comical it wasn't cartoony it wasn't like pulling a safe down the street no like another franchise has done recently. Like, you know, mm-hmm. it wasn't like the Bad Boys 2 car chase, which I actually love for like such goofy man reasons, I guess. But like just where everything is exploding. It was just real simple and in, in inside of a car garage. I loved it. I really did. I thought it was brilliant. And I love Kevin Spacey getting hit. Yeah. And then getting backed over oh, and they yeah, show it. So harsh. And I was like, oh my God, this is, this is such a geek Beep moment. Bump right over his face. Yeah. And again, very horror the horror shot. thing. Yeah. yeah. Very it's horror true. shot. Yeah, it's true. It was fucking gory. Even the way Jamie Foxx dies. Yeah. Oh, such a horror gory. fan moment. That was awesome. Brilliant. Yeah. So it's very harsh. I don't know. Great way to kill him. Oh, yeah. Totally. <laughs> Loved it. Cool. What did you think? To wrap it up of the conclusion, baby going to jail. Yeah. Very PC 2017. I was going to say, typically you wouldn't see that. Yeah. If you they, went you back. Know, they get away and now it's like, nope, he's got to do time. Like, yeah. But they kind of soften it with everyone's testimony, which apparently is not a thing. But I did some reading afterwards. Yeah. So apparently that wouldn't happen. But anyway. Yeah, you wouldn't get so. parole in five? No. And I think, where are they? Atlanta or wherever they are? Yeah. In Georgia. And, yeah. That's not a thing. But he, um, and why? Yeah, well, whatever. So no, when valid. during the, the testimony where everyone's talking about how good of a person he is, and you sort of start, it's like after having watched them kill off a bunch of people and basically just go mental... Uh, and you're like, okay, he's going on a killing spree. It, it almost grounds you again to bring you back to, wait a second. He's only doing this because he had to. And you feel bad for him again. And you just you sympathize a bit. You empathize with how he feels. And now he's in prison. <laughs> yeah. They had to put him in prison. But then she keeps writing to him. And then there's the you know the magical moment where he envisions himself going out. And there's a rainbow. Yeah. And everybody's happy, right? I, I find it interesting that it starts off black and white and then moves to color. Mm -hmm. And I like the ambiguity of that scene being how it closes. Is it real or is it not? Did he get out? Did he not? Like, no, obviously not. He killed off how many people? He did what? I mean, think about it. Why would he? They gave him 25 years, even if there was parole after five years. There's no proof that he killed any of those people. There's no proof. Yeah, that's true too. And he has all these character witnesses. Yeah, it's like true. Like, he's getting those... Like, he's been convicted. Mm-hmm. But if you went to parole board and said, like, mm-hmm. exa- exactly what happened, happened, mm-hmm. minus me killing anybody. Yeah. And I was just standing there, you know, like, this is what was happened. Kevin, they found Kevin Spacey run over with a sh- you know, shotgun, you know, like, mm-hmm. he's the criminal mastermind. You've got all these crooked cops. He, Mm-hmm. You can bring down, and he he could get his sentence reduced in the real Think world. So? Sadly, or not sadly, I don't know. Whatever. In I any don't case, think they would. I don't think that in a real court case. That you don't think they play? Know. Let's make a deal in, in the real world. Well, I don't know if I was forced to do it is really a good way to get off. 
Like, well, they made me do it. Well, yeah. some people love to be forced to do it when they get off. <laughs> Interesting. It's true. It is very true. Just an observation. Yeah, it's true. I'm, I don't want to try it later or anything. <laughs> um, I'm trying to break down how that even works. I'm too tired to think straight. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah, let's wrap it up. Um, but uh, Or we're going to fall asleep at yeah. the table. <laughs> um, I, I completely agree with you. I, I I think that if that film was made in 2007 mm-hmm. or 1997 mm-hmm. or 1987 or 1977, mm-hmm. they would have got away at the end. Mm-hmm. Now you can't and do that. And now you can't do that. You just can't do it. Because there has to be consequences to everyone's actions. Mm-hmm. And I would actually like... And it doesn't mean... I, you know, I like the idea. I do. Yeah, it's more realistic. It's responsible. Yeah, yeah. I do, and I like this particular one in the sense that it was framed with the hope of parole, of parole, mm-hmm. but specifically the hope of just getting back to Deborah. Not even yeah. forget about the parole thing. Forget everything else. Mm-hmm. I just like that. I like the letter writing. Mm-hmm. It would have been postcards, very vintage. Yeah, because obviously she's traveling now. Yeah, which is beautiful. I love that idea that she took his. Mm-hmm. She wanted to do this, and because of her interactions with him, she has grown again. Yeah. Somewhat strengthens my, or supports my case for there has to be something in that performance. Mm-hmm. So that's why I said it was my favorite. A few things before we wrap up, just wanted to mention with all these. Okay, Georgia is a really popular spot right now for for filming because there's a lot of tax breaks and this sort mm-hmm. of thing, right? So, say for example, a lot of the Marvel movies are shot there, and mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> you're right. I've heard an interview with him where he said he wanted to originally the the movie was conceived in L.A. because it's a city that he spent a lot of time in America in. Mm-hmm. I like that he didn't try and make Atlanta L.A. He just yeah. moved just the movie Atlanta, to Atlanta yeah. and celebrated. Mm-hmm. you know, the city of Atlanta in the sense of like, you know, when you get an aerial shot, mm-hmm. when you get, um, obviously, you know, a, a pizza place in the film or mm-hmm. whatever, he's driving on a road. They're not changing street signs. They're not doing it's mm-hmm. It's Atlanta, Georgia. Yeah. That's where you are. Yeah. And I like that. I really do. Mm-hmm. Um, because not enough movies do that. And it's like, we keep, for example, making jokes about, Various films like Toronto dressed yeah, up to be something else that. or BC dressed you know up what to it be is. Washington or Oregon or something like that. And, and they do it so much <clears> that when you're watching a movie now, like I was watching this, I'm like, what, what city is that? Where mm. are they supposed to be? Like, that's the first, you yeah. know, that's how my brain works. I'm yeah. like, where did they shoot this and what is it supposed to be? And then as you watch, you're like, Wait. oh, it's Atlanta and they shot in Atlanta. Yeah. Amazing. It's like, oh, that's kind of cool. <laughs> <laughs> and you already alluded to the dream ending. Yeah, kind of the sequence. rainbow. Yeah, I I I really like. Uh, I didn't see the rainbow, but yeah, there was. Oh, you didn't see it? No, I didn't catch it. Was it was really over just, the top. It was well like because this, they were both black and white sequences, once, right? And then it, it, it opened. To color, yeah, when it switched to color, there was but this yeah. massive rainbow in the background. Admittedly, I was Very I was cartoony. drooling over the car. Yeah, the car was awesome. Both yeah. times, three times, three times. Two, three times. Mm-hmm. Well, that gives you an idea of in his dream world, you know, mm-hmm. he sees himself in these cars. That's where he sees himself. He sees himself right? in it's his dream car, his mm-hmm. dream girl, mm-hmm. who's constantly having an orgasm. <laughs> Apparently. And uh, <laughs> Yeah, right. Sounds something, I don't know. Yeah. And you you don't even really see him kiss for like most of the movie, like one time. He Maybe. kisses her after he shoots John Hamm. I love it. Yeah. And that's what like seals the deal for her mm-hmm. it's like okay i just shot a guy and can i you know i put my tongue down your throat forcefully <laughs> yeah, right. it's like whoa right. well i love you yeah exactly and yeah. then when he's gonna get arrested yeah that's hot i think that's about it any final thoughts from uh from you i really like paula i liked it i wasn't expecting it to be the way it was yeah i like that kind of dreamy vintage feel in a modern setting thing Maybe it's weird. Maybe it's just because I I think that maybe I see the world that way. A yeah, dream, vintage, you know what I mean? Like, So I think in that sense, I can see how... They, I think they did a great job showing you the world through his eyes. Yeah. 
<laughs> Anything else we need to say on this movie? Um, Would you recommend it? Go out and see it. Or, yeah. Of, yeah. Of course. Absolutely. If people are listening, they I'd should. I'd love have seen to watch it. it again. Yeah. Are you gonna watch it again? Probably. Yeah. I watch everything a million times anyway. If I like it. Yeah. I'd watch it again. Sweet. I'll watch it with you. Cool. Perfect. You won't have to uh, lube anything up, but insert it anywhere, or yeah. <laughs> put on any freaky. Special well, no, no, you goggles won't, no. or goggles, no. Yeah. Ear, Strap ear pieces. Yourself down yeah. to anything. Yeah. In the comfort of the living room. Yeah. There's no suction devices. No. All right, so you can reach out to us this week on social media at uh, Merble Podcast on Twitter at MRML Podcast. Uh, how can people find you on social media? Or just just Marmal podcast. Uh, yeah, best way to find me on through Marmal. through through yep. through Marmal. Yep. Um, you can find me on both Twitter and Instagram at not Brandon Fleet, or you can go to our website, which is moviesfrommylife.com, and email the show at show at moviesfrommylife.com. Also, uh, we'd love it very much if you could review and rate the show wherever you're listening to the podcast now. Um, and make sure you subscribe if you aren't already. We're available on pretty much everywhere that you can listen to podcasts. So iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher Radio, TuneIn Radio, Pocket Cast, Google Play Music. We're on everything. If we're not where you want to listen to our podcast, let us know and we'll try and get there for you. And um, I think that's about it. So thanks for hanging out with us. You didn't refrigerate them? Yeah, I left them on the counter the whole week. No, they I took them out of the fridge <laughs> 10 minutes ago. And not I even... Well, I didn't see you take them out, so I had to ask. <laughs> 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 it's like... That's why I said it like that. I love how, yeah, I love how little... Refrigerate them? Little faith you have in me. <laughs> it's inspiring. It's yeah. inspiring.